0: You slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need a little more sleep.
1: And if you do need to snooze, we'd much rather you did that at home, in your warm, comfortable bed, than in our pews, perhaps while we are in the middle of a sermon. Uh, We can always catch you up with the sermon later, right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep In Podcast.
0: Now sleeping in will also cause you to, to miss some things we think are really important so we're not advocating doing it every week but cookies. we think that's important that you are engaged in intergenerational community cookies and cookies and cookies, and you get to see uh, the, the the intelligent answers that small children have to deep theological questions and cookies and cookies but we'll give you what we can I'm Chris Marshall. And I'm Susan Foster.
1: And we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or perfect preachers. We're just your average pastors helping our congregations uh, try to think through life's big questions every week.
0: We started this podcast so that if you're away from home or working or maybe you got to teach Sunday school this week, Mm -hmm. maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church.
1: Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon one of us gave on Sunday, which means sometimes we stray from the path of where sometimes the sermon Sometimes it ends up very different. Sometimes it feels a lot different. Uh, but whatever day it is when you're listening to this, we invite you to keep an open mind and an open heart. See where it takes you.
0: Yeah. And as it's taking you somewhere, we really do believe that God is in the midst of this, mm. that you are that uh, you don't have to agree with everything we say. But we want you to use that brain that God gave you to think, to imagine, to figure out what you think. But in the midst of that, we our sincere hope is that you will experience a mysterious loving force in the world we know as God, moving in your life as you consider this. Yes.
1: Thank you, Susan. So this sermon is from the end of January. We're catching up because uh, I've been out of commission for a little while. So we were in the season of epiphany still epiphany, Um, epiphany being a season and not an event, right, means that we believe that we over and over again encounter God in the world in a way that changes our lives that transforms us right.
0: like we're not just one transformation and done
1: yeah one and God done is, is
0: moving us all the time
1: not how that works in fact Susan just gave a very eloquent speech to our confirmation class about that yesterday but uh, I wanted to share the, so there's two scriptures for the sermon this morning one is the same as the scripture for Susan's last episode uh, which is episode 14 but this is from Deuteronomy chapter 18 verses 15 to 20. God is going to raise up a prophet for you God will raise up the prophet from among your kinsmen, a prophet like me. Listen obediently. This is what you asked God, your God for at Horeb on the day you were all gathered at the mountain and said, we can't hear any more from God. We can't stand seeing any more fire. We'll die. And God said to me, (laughs) they're right. They have spoken the truth. I'll raise up for them a prophet like you from their kinsmen. I'll tell them what to say and they will pass on to them everything I command them. And anyone who won't listen to my words spoken by this prophet, I will personally hold responsible. But any prophet who fakes it, any who claims to speak in my name something I haven't commanded them to say or speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet must die. die. Dun, 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 thus dun. ends the reading. Uh, I I love this scripture. It's really dramatic. It is very dramatic. Like, we can't hear Anything anymore or we'll die. We're overwhelmed. And God's like, you better listen or you're going to die. Right? You know? Yeah, like... Because generally, the things that God wants us to hear from the prophets are: stop being jerks to each other. Right. You are you are setting up yourselves for war. You're setting up yourselves for starvation. You're setting up yourselves, yourselves for for class warfare. Yeah. Stop. Stop. Stop doing that. Cut you off. Know? <laughs> anyway, so I love this promise in in Deuteronomy. Moses having this conversation with the people about how God will continue to speak. Right. Because I feel like sort of what you were talking about with. The scripture about Samuel and Eli, which I just listened to recently because I was editing it, that sometimes it feels like God's just not speaking anymore. Like there's no one prophet we can all turn to and say, this is the guy who knows the answers. Right. And maybe we'd feel like we'd be a lot better off if there was a Moses or a Jesus or a Martin Luther King Jr. or a Jeremiah who was just going to come and clarify all of the right things to do and think for us. But that's not happening.
0: And I think that's an unrealistic vision of how that worked anyway.
1: Can we just cue we need a hero right
0: now? Can yeah, we just cue yeah.
1: Can we just cue that that we tried to look for this father figure as Freud would say who mm-hmm. will come in and save us. Yeah. Instead of us doing some of the hard work we're of listening. Something.
0: Yeah, and that we and and I think, you know, like like you mentioned Martin Luther King, even that we're even him we're looking back on with twenty twenty vision.
1: So one thing that I just learned about MLK is that he He attempted suicide twice as a child. Oh, wow. And I knew that he had depression, but he went through periods of severe depression Depression
0: as a child. Wow.
1: Which have led to psychologists and psychiatrists believing that his whole thing about being creatively maladjusted Mm -hmm. doesn't come from some happy, sunshiny place, but comes from this place of feeling so isolated from community. Wow. Isn't that, I mean, it's just fascinating the way that. We get the messages that we are to share that yeah. tra- that transform the world right. for the better, you know?
0: Well, and I think one of the things I'm saying, thinking too, is that like you and I grew up in an era where we were beginning to celebrate his birthday and mm-hmm. become a national hero.
1: Color his face in fourth
0: grade. Right. But when he died, he was not Venerated. unilaterally understood to be the saint in the large sense that we understand him to be now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What I tell my congregation is when MLK was at work, uh, 91% of white congregations Mm -hmm. thought that he was a troublemaker who should be silenced. Right. And only 50% of black churches were behind him. Yeah. The vast majority of people in the United States did not look at him with esteem or respect. Right.
0: And I think that that's so much more realistic to how we actually hear prophets... And hear God's word.
1: Yeah, totally. Well, and and for me, it's also to recognize that just because you have this, that, or the other. If you have depression, if you have these negative Mm, experiences in your life, it doesn't mean you don't have something to teach. Right. Doesn't mean you don't have something to share. Doesn't mean you're less than. Right. Because clearly...
0: Some of that was MLK
1: served a very specific purpose for us Mm -hmm. as a country Mm -hmm. in the work of civil rights. And so that's important too. Anyway, so I feel like we all think it would be easier if we had one.
0: I agree. I do. We're the Israelites, right? Give us a king.
1: Give us a king. We want a king. And God is saying,
0: I don't know, guys. That doesn't work out so well for you.
1: Seems questionable to me. I love the little elephant in Tarzan that never wants to get in the water. Seems questionable Questionable to to me. me. It's kind of a hypochondriac. It's us. Yes. So the sermon changed abruptly from, uh, here are the voices I think you need to listen to, mm-hmm. to me saying, these prophets are everywhere already. Already. These prophets are still speaking to you
0: mm-hmm.
1: now, and they're not going to be put up on some pedestal because we don't do that with people anymore. Right. We tend to dig in and find all of the dirt that they possibly could share. And the only weapon we have against that, the only defense we have against that is vulnerability and saying, this is how I learned this. Yeah. But we're looking for a hero. And when you're looking for a hero and your hero climbs out of the cage on the pedestal that you've put them on,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you're less likely to be willing to listen to them. Yeah. The truth will out. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And the truth is speaking all around you. Yeah. And you get to decide to listen or ignore. Um, And you get to decide whose voices you're going to seek out. Mm -hmm. Because that's the other joy of social media, right? Is we get to decide who we're going to listen to. Joy
0: and challenge.
1: Uh, What I said was I'm coming from... Two weeks of continuing education. Mm -hmm. We had the gathering of the orders, which is a mandatory gathering of all the clergy in California, Nevada of the United Methodist Church. And we get together and we usually learn something and we worship together and we hang out, check in with each other, support and encouragement. All the things that y'all do in church. Right. Clergy do with each other as a church. It's what we call our order. So we were doing that for about uh, a week. And then the week after that, we were at the LEAD conference. And again, I'll put another link in the bio or in the in the blog post about the lead conference mm-hmm. but it's sort of a TED style conference where people stand up and tell you something about their story their experience their idea what they've tried what they've failed at mm-hmm. what they've succeeded at you get all these glimpses of all these different experiences and we kind of pile them together in categories for lack of a better term yeah so that we can see how they bounce off of each other mm-hmm. so we can see how our own stories bounce off of them because we're listening right we're trying to listen for where God is moving in the church in this day and age and in these contexts that we all serve rather than assuming that it's always going to be the same. And so I said, I have come from two weeks of hearing lots of prophets, Mm -hmm. two weeks of submitting myself to the idea that I don't have the entire truth and other people might really have something that I need to hear. Yeah. And other people might really have something that I then get to convey To all of you. Right. Which is great. I said one of the great things about me, about the lead conference for me, is I get to go and then like this furnishes my newsletter articles for the next year. (laughs) Yeah. I have all these wonderful stories to share with you that are inspiring and challenging. And that's great. And so I said, well, I'm just going to share some of things that I've heard. And then I I brought in the Mark story as well. Mm -hmm. So the story of Jesus teaching in the synagogue. And there's a man with an unclean spirit. um, Or some people call it a demon or a darkness or whatever.
0: Something, something that causes him to act out and Jesus in a socially unacceptable way.
1: Totally. And Jesus calls the demon out and frees this man from the demon. And everybody is amazed. What's crazy is everybody is not amazed so much at the demon thing, but at the teachings that Jesus has right. that cast out the demon. And so um, Susan just did a really great episode, episode 14. Go check it out about what that might be for us. Um, but for me, an indication of when God is speaking
0: mm-hmm. is
1: are the demons on the run? Mm. a good indication of is God speaking is does it threaten a way of life that is constricting yep or oppressive right. for you or other people yeah so all of the isms racism sexism, mm-hmm. ageism yeah all of the phobias mm-hmm. um, all of the all of the anxieties and shames and rages yep. that get between us and what is good and holy and peaceful and just right those are those are the demons right and so right. Uh, if somebody is speaking, how do you know if it's God speaking? Are the demons on the run? Right. That's one question. Are, are the demons on the run? Does it, does it heal? Does it offer a path to wholeness?
0: Yeah. Is there, is there
1: Reconciliation. There... Recovery. Right. Is it only good news for you or is it good news for everybody? Right. So that's another question. Because if it's good news, it's got to be good news for everybody. Right. If it's only good news for you, I would ask you to take a second look.
0: <laughs> Strongly advise. Strongly advise look. you
1: to think about that. Another question is, does it scare you just a little?
0: Ooh.
1: Does it, does it ask you to give up a little bit of your status quo?
0: Yeah. And that's a hard one, right? Like that's, that's when we oftentimes, that's when we start going, uh, uh, no, this can't be God because it, because God would not ask me
1: to give up this thing,
0: to give up my favorite soup.
1: Yeah. You know, or whatever it is. Right.
0: But I'm just, I'm being yeah. silly. Right. So but God... we hold on to like all these things that stand in our way. Mm-hmm. Or and or that create barriers for others. Yeah. Out of our own.
1: So so the fact that the promise is that God will raise up a prophet mm-hmm. for you to hear them speak. And then God will raise up a prophet for you to hear them speak. And then the way that you will know if it's of God is that it will put the demons on the run, it will give you healing and justice. It will it will do the things that yeah. God does, right? Right. So I said, so here are some of the truths that I heard. Mm. So and here, you hear? and, the, and the first one, the, the frame that I used was the Alex Amman, who was the uh-huh. um, speaker at the Gathering of the Orders. He's a Palestinian Christian. Mm-hmm. He came and talked to us about his experiences with um, Palestine and Israel
0: mm-hmm.
1: and all the conflict there. And his overarching point was, everybody has challenge,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and yeah. everybody has privilege. Yeah. And they are not mutually exclusive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that you can have, I mean, you have privilege if you have an education, if you have access to listening to this podcast, if you have health,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, if you have a way to feed yourself, yep. if you have shelter, these are all privileges, mm-hmm. right? But you also have challenge. It doesn't mean you haven't worked hard. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you haven't made decisions that have been difficult. Yep. It doesn't mean that sometimes it takes a toll on you, but you have privilege okay. And you yep. have challenge. And the, the echoing theme in all of these talks for me was here were people who used their privilege yep. and actually found ways to use their challenges as well as portals, as openings, as entryways, as windows for God to enter, yeah, for grace to enter. And so for us, it's not about saying, well, here's, here's my privilege and here's my challenge. And therefore I can't, this is
0: what I can do. And this is what I can't do.
1: Right. It's about, here's my privilege and here's my challenge. And here's how I can leverage both of those things Right. to do the thing God is calling me to do.
0: Right. God sees resources and those are, those would, you know, we would put those in the pile of resources, right. Mm-hmm. And that God sees resources differently. Oh yeah.
1: They're right? shared, they're shared commodities.
0: They're shared commodities like that, that we, that, and that when we put them all together, Imagine what could happen.
1: Right. So then I told some stories. So one of the stories from the gathering of the orders was from a pastor who's a friend of ours named Motoya Yamada. Mm-hmm. She currently serves at a Japanese American church in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And she told a story about facing discrimination in her ordination process in the mm-hmm. South where she was beginning her ordination process because they just could not see themselves ordaining this Japanese woman. Mm-hmm. And she's from Japan, right? right. She's like, from Japan. She ha- yeah all energy Motoi. She's Tigger. Yeah. She bounces off the walls when she speaks. She's full of joy. Um, she exudes joy. It's actually a little overwhelming to be around <laughs> her sometimes because she's just, she's just there. Yes. You know? yes. She's a lightning rod in so many ways. And she told stories about coming out to California, Nevada and finding a place where people said, we see your gifts for ministry. We're going to let you do this. We're going to yeah. empower you to do this and how she has lived that out including even when she has gone back in a leadership role to places in the South as part of United Methodist leadership mm-hmm. teams and sat at tables where waiters wouldn't serve her,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, where the UM staff even wouldn't challenge the waiters to serve, to serve her. It. What I loved about it was she said, that doesn't stop us. No. Nope. We still do the ministry. We still do the work. It doesn't stop us. We can still find the joy. Yeah. Uh, and what I loved about that was my sermon the next day. Yeah. Was about finding the way that you can do ministry in the midst of the nonsense, mm-hmm. the nonsense, all the political noise, all of the discrimination that you see. To find a way to do ministry in the midst of the nonsense, because the nonsense isn't going to take a break for you to figure it out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you have to develop you have the skills. To, yeah,
0: you have to be in the midst of it.
1: You have to be in the midst of it, and so I, you know, my toy story about it doesn't stop us. No. We keep going. Yeah. It doesn't stop us. And in fact, it might give you a story to tell to a group of clergy <laughs> that will encourage them not right. to let minor inconveniences right. or even major ones right. stop them from doing the work. Right, It doesn't stop you. So I appreciated Motoy's story. I appreciated uh, Jasper Peters, who is the pastor at Belong Church in Denver, which was hosting us, as he stood up and talked about white supremacy in church right. and how right. it's something that we cannot ignore Yep. because it is a fog it is a smog
0: mm-hmm. that
1: affects everybody we all breathe it yeah he said but the people who are starting it or allowing it to continue are not black people right right that this is I white can't, people's I can't work. I
0: can't solve this
1: I can't fix this one for you I can reflect back to you what I see but I right. can't fix this Best one word. that we need to deal with our own stuff yeah. right and so for us being white in this country is a privilege
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, it comes with a lot of privilege yes but it also comes with the challenge of how do you see what you have made invisible or what has been made invisible for you, you. Yeah. because it's just the air you breathe. It's right. just it's just the water you swim in. It's mm-hmm. just normal. Yeah. yeah. And so the challenge for us is the privilege in some yeah. ways. Yeah. And he challenged us to, to take a look at that. And at, that's
0: been one of the ones for me that's, that I've been that has struggling stuck. with. Was, yeah. You know, like, well, not, not even just what do you do. Like even when those moments arise to just be – to respond in ways that – that those you're seeing you're talking with can see the fog, mm-hmm. even if they don't know that's the metaphor you're using. Right. Yeah. You know, I had a conversation around the Super Bowl and I was just like, you know, in a, in a time when I might maybe I would have just been like, Okay, it's after church, I, I can't deal with this. I'm off duty. I'm off duty. I was like, you know, you might want to think about it this way. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, to find the ways that we can that we can address it, but to recognize it with the privilege, right? With the privilege. Comes sometimes the challenge. Yeah. Um, appreciated his story appreciated sam lewis telling us a story about her time sam's pastor in the bay area united methodist pastor and she uh, went through the ordination process in alabama west florida and alabama west florida has a reputation in the united methodist Mm -hmm. church of being a very conservative perhaps unreflective part of our connection Mm -hmm. and not a kind place for particularly lgbtq people or women to find their place in ministry. Yeah. So Sam, being both LGBTQ and a woman, <laughs> getting <laughs> ordained in Alabama, West Florida, had its own challenges. Well, she was ordained. And then she decided that she really needed to be all of who she was. Right. She needed to come out as a lesbian woman. And so she, uh, she talked to her senior pastor. She talked to some trusted friends. Um, they all said they were to support her. And then one by one, she started calling her colleagues and telling them, I need you to know this about me. And to everybody's surprise in the room, I think. Right. The responses that she got were not, I'll be praying for you in that super condescending Southern way of like, bless her heart. But we see your gifts for ministry. We like working with you. We're glad you're one of our colleagues. We're here for you. We'll be praying with you. Let us know how we can help. Mm -hmm. Over and over again, she heard that. And she said, every time she talked to somebody and told them all of who she was, what she would have seen as her challenge, right?
0: right?
1: That it was like she got a piece of her identity back. Like she got a piece of her soul back Mm -hmm. in some ways. And finally, she decided she needed to talk to her bishop. Everybody's waiting, right? But for the the other shoe to drop at this point in the story. She goes to see her bishop. Her bishop tells her the same thing. Doesn't change anything between us. I respect you as a colleague. I trust your gifts. I trust your graces. I trust that we can move forward together. I'll be praying with you. Let me know how I can help. She wanted to tell her congregation. There was huge backlash in Mm -hmm. the congregation. uh, And it became clear that she could not be fully who she was in that place. But all of these people that she'd sort of let in on the secret of her, mm-hmm. of the challenge, the vulnerability of her challenge. Right. Um, somebody called her and said, Hey, would you like to work in the Bay Area?
0: Because she'd,
1: she'd been dreaming I about the up. Bay Area. Yeah. She'd been dreaming about the Bay Area. She, she's a Giants fan. I don't know how the heck she became a Giants fan. Well,
0: she, she, she spent some early years in Fresno.
1: Oh, Fresno. Fres, yes.
0: Fres, yes. Anyway.
1: So she said, yeah, I'd love to work in the Bay Area. And she ended up moving out to California and in her current setting, she gets to be fully who she is. Yeah. And that's incredibly liberating. And she still gets to be a bridge person for Alabama, West Florida. And people call her all the time and say, there's this teenager, there's this person in the candidacy mm-hmm. process, and they need to know that it's okay. Yeah. For them to be who God has created them right. to be. And she gets to hold that space. Right. Which and is so cool.
0: Yeah. And I think I think sometimes we discount the story of what it is to reveal our whole selves. Yeah. And what it is to be our whole selves, because I because Sam's story reminded me of a story from when I was in college, and I heard a mother of a, a lesbian woman talk about what it was like to finally know her daughter fully. And I think of, and it's not just in it's not just in sexuality context. But no,
1: it's it's all kinds it's of things. All
0: kinds of things. That to be, we, you to finally be in- realize you finally learn something about somebody, and, uh, and you're trusted with that. Mm-hmm. It builds relationship. It. And it allows us to see more fully who we are and who they are. Um, To come out
1: about all the parts of yourself. Yeah. Right? Like, I am an artist. Mm -hmm. I am a writer. I am somebody who loves working with numbers. I'm somebody who loves to to teach, to to really live into your call to be fully who you are. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's gorgeous. And one of the things that she said that I think was the shocking thing for the room was the Western jurisdiction is not the enemy of the Southeastern jurisdiction. Mm Mm-hmm. And the southeastern jurisdiction is not the enemy of the western jurisdiction, that we have built an institution Mm -hmm. that can be incredibly unwieldy at times, but also has all of these ways... That we can use it mm-hmm. to love and support one another. So it might seem like a challenge, right. but it actually is an opening for us to have and well, hold each it, other with grace. Well,
0: and it's, it's, the, it's the challenge privilege. Over and over again. I, I've always thought that the Western jurisdiction had something to teach the East. Yeah. Because we're on the le- leading edge of these things, of, of yeah. some things that, the, that are just beginning to be real. Mm-hmm. And that we have been living with the reality my entire lifetime, right. your entire lifetime. totally, And it doesn't mean that we're not faithful, that, that God has not been faithful. It just looks a whole heck of a lot different.
1: Yeah. And we like to give it lots of labels like progressive or liberal. And right, what it really is, is, well, we're doing ministry in the context that we're in, which tends to be, without being disparaging, about 20 years ahead of right? the Midwest and South. Yeah. And so these things are coming your way.
0: Coming your way. And
1: we have been doing some some tests for you right. about what, what might work and what might not work. All of I've been doing things. the hard work. And when I think about the conversations we used to have at annual conference, even uh, 15 or 20 years ago, and the conversations we have now, it's such, you just have to give it time. Yeah. You know, you have to give it time, but you have to be willing to go through the process.
0: And one of the challenges is, is that it's painful.
1: It's painful. But I also think the Southeastern has a lot to teach us because the thing that we are finding more and more in a world of technological advance is that people are feeling more and more isolated. Yeah. And the thing the South does really well is hospitality yep, and building those connections and networks. And so, you know, there's some things that we can learn about how yep. to be open and welcoming, mm-hmm. not just to, to, to on the theological edges, but, but, um, but to, to really to create space really lonely and... for those who are finding themselves isolated to come yeah. in and find home. Yeah. You know, and so you know, I told so many stories. I, I tried to keep yeah. them all short. Sandy Sloan, who has a church with no building, yeah. which is a parking lot, and the parking lot ends up being how they finance their ministry so that they can do the ministry with the people with no income okay. or low income, right. um, building uh, housing to address the housing shortage in LA uh, and the unreasonable housing costs, um, but funded by having a parking lot that's a block away from the stadium where people are willing to pay 50 bucks for a parking spot, you know, that it funds her ministry for the year to do the work that they need to do to be creative in those ways. Something that might seem like a challenge might actually end up being part of your privilege. Nathan Adams, who talked about exploiting parts of yourself, which is so hard to think about. Oh, that's just such a weird. Your own identity, but exploiting the parts of yourself that will help you connect to other people. Um, and claiming the parts of yourself that other people might dismiss as things that have value to add to the conversation. He talked about being dismissed because he was young <laughs> in a conversation uh, when they were about to name their ministry something embarrassing to millennials. Right. right he, like he told he them, like, like, that might be embarrassing for millennials. And they said, oh, you're just too young. It's like, he's the people you're, you're trying, trying to reach get, out to. They're listen not do to do You know? Yeah. So Privilege and Challenge I talked about Betsy Lay and Lady Justice Brewing. You can <laughs> check them out at ladyjusticebrewing.com. Um, the thing is, we have so many prophets Mm -hmm. who are speaking all around us. Mm -hmm. We have so many people who are willing to tell us their truth. We've got people in our lives. We've got people that you can go find at conferences like these. You've got writings and poetry and hymns and scholarly research. There are voices speaking all over the place. Mm -hmm. Look for the ones that are putting the demons on the run. (laughs) Look for the ones that are offering reconciliation and healing. Look for the ones who are willing to stand in the awkward places between privilege and challenge and open up the space for God's grace to enter. There are prophets all over the place. What truth will you speak? Because God's truth will out. And finally, I ended with Dominique Christina, who is a poet who we heard on Monday night at Leeds. She's a Denver-based poet. And I'll post a link to one of my favorite poems of hers. One of the ways that she ends a poem, she talks about all of the challenges that people experience, Mm -hmm. all of the discrimination and oppression that people experience, all of the the things, all of the demons that hold us captive. She doesn't use that word, but that's what she's talking about. That's what she's talking about. And at the end, she says, revolution is the sound of your heart still beating. Mm. That as long as your heart is beating, you have something to teach that will change the world. Let God's truth out in you. Maybe you are the prophet we have been waiting for. Or at least one of them. (laughs) So that was the sermon.
0: Perfect, perfect. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. If you have questions for us or stories, perhaps you have some stories about that balance between privilege and challenge, shoot us an email at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. Visit our website at sundaymorningsleepin.com. And the scripture for this podcast was Deuteronomy 18, 15 through 20, and Mark 1, 21 through 28. The theme music you're hearing is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. It's our tradition
1: at the end of every podcast and at the end of every worship service to offer you a good word. But the thing is, you are a good word. Mm. Go out and speak. Amen. Amen.